Good morning, listeners. On today's episode of Talk About It with Sam, I will be introducing Lenny Thomas. Lenny is a father first and entrepreneur, chef, fitness and running coach who is working to inspire all. Lenny, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about a couple of things. First that I, thing I would like to cover is the start of your journey. Can you tell me a little bit kind of how your journey started? Cooking-wise, to tap on the chef part, my father was a chef at a restaurant called the JT Shamit growing up in Lynn. It's kind of what inspired me to get into cooking. Fast forward, you know, 2017, I started my fitness journey. Already had a pretty established career as a chef. And that's when I started working out. I realized how important food was to my fitness journey. So that's kind of where it started. 2017, it's kind of where it all came together. Nice. I love that. What kind of food was it offered in the restaurant? Uh, the restaurant I was working in at the time was called Gaslight in Linfield. And it was a French, and I always mess up the word, br- brasserie or some fancy. It was nice. fine dining, very high, intense, fast pace. My chef was a maniac. But yeah, it was it was good food. I love that. And you, Lenny, you're a part of Running Nationwide, right? Running United Nationwide, yeah. So I've been part of Running United now for about two years. And it's been something that has helped change my life. I never thought I'd be a runner. Honestly, it's it's a, it's a funny backstory. So I used to work for a sewer company for wow. in 2020. Uh, COVID shit hit the fan. And I used to see people running all the time. Like in Boston, down the Charles River, like coming down Storo Drive. And I'm like, there's no way in hell I would wake up in the morning and just leave my house to go for a run. Like, mm-hmm. who does that? I would I would literally talk so much crap about runners. And then I was introduced to like personal development and started like really working on battling the mind. And one thing you hear a lot in personal development is you have to get uncomfortable to grow. Mm. So one day out of nowhere, I just said, you know what? What do I hate the most? Running. I got up and I said, I'm going for a run. Right. And I just, I just went out and did it. So do you mind if we dig a little deep? So what kind of issues did you see or did you have before you realized that you needed to kind of change your mental? Like what kind of stuff did you run into that you were really struggling with? For me, it was just more stressors of Mm co-parenting. Being a a co-parent, I became a father in 2015 and dealt with a lot of going to court and custody and all that, you know, and not even in like the sense of trying to escape. I I wanted to be a more present father and was dealing with, you know, having to kind of fight to be a present father. So it was taking a lot on my mind, you know, and then working full time as a chef. And at that time I was like split custody. It was a crazy schedule and it was just taxing, very taxing on the mind. And to try to juggle it all, I was, I was really struggling to stay afloat. So one day my sous chef, which was like one of my bosses invited me to the gym, you know, and I went with him one time one time and I never stopped. Wow. Never stopped. And it just, I was able to release. I was able to let all my stresses out, you know, lifting up these heavy weights. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was doing. You probably got your first release of dopamine and realized what it could do for you. Yeah. Horrible form. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like literally just, just 
throwing weights around. Yeah. But it it showed me like how the rest of the day went and how less stressed I was. That's like, why I do it too. Everything somebody can flip me off and I'm like, yeah, have a great day. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. Like that feeling after the gym kind of just got me hooked. Yep. And do you think that health and nutrition has truly helped with your mental journey? Besides just running, just like health and nutrition, period? Yes and no. Being a chef, you would think my nutrition would be on point. Mm -hmm. My nutrition, a lot of the time, is really off. And it ties into the mental. For me, when I get stressed, when I have anxiety, whenever any of these little mental struggles pop into my head, sometimes I lose sight of my nutrition. Like, I won't eat or I won't have an appetite. Or if I get into an argument with somebody, like, it will throw off my whole day where I just don't have the urge of the the will to want to eat. So that's been a battle of mine for a long time. I've always been very, very thin and have a super fast metabolism. And again, thinking, hey, you're a chef, like you should be eating all the time. Another bad stereotype that you hear or you see from chefs is like, we're around food all day. We should be eating. We work 12, 13, 14 hour shifts sometimes and don't even have a chance to sit down and eat a proper meal. Yeah. So that's always been been cooking for 15 years. So that's always been, you know, something that I battled with as well. But the fitness side of it, yes, it has absolutely helped my mental. And when I do focus on eating good and my fitness, it's a game changer. Yeah. Absolute game changer. So that was actually my next question was that. Do you find that with like your journey personally, that routine is very important? So I found like in my own journey that I I didn't realize what a structured and routine person I really am. So for like the nutrition and the physical aspect, I have to have a routine. Like I have to wake up, I have to have a certain breakfast every day. I have to know what I'm going to eat. I have to be prepared in advance. And if not, it's chaos. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a lot of that. Because when I talk to some of my clients and other people about their journeys and about kind of where to start and how to help them with their beginnings. It's very much like, oh, I can't do all that. It's so overwhelming and it's this and it's, but it's not though. Like if you're prepared in advance, cause I felt the same way. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? How am I going to become a healthier person? How am I going to work out? How am I going to eat right? Take care of my son, go to work. I just don't know what to do. And I started with food first. Yeah. And I think that, you know, making sure that you have your meals prepared in advance, that you have a routine, that you have a schedule that you can follow is detrimental to success. I mean, I completely agree. And I'm the same. I'm chaos. I'm chaos if I'm not organized or if I don't set myself up properly, which for a long time, you know, was the case. I have three kids, co-parenting with all of them and running the business, still working. You know, still trying to take care of fitting in gym schedule and run schedule, you know, juggling it all and not having a routine. It makes it damn near impossible no right, way. to fit in any structured nutrition plan. Mm-hmm. So the meal prepping and setting myself up when I can definitely is is crucial and very pivotal. But it's difficult. Right? Really? And, yeah. and, I, and I'm, again, very transparent. We were talking about that before the interview <clears throat> started. I'm very transparent. I don't like sugarcoating a lot. Obviously, I won't go and put like my personal business out on like social media. But in detail, right? Like in detail. I'm not going to tell somebody the in and outs of my life. But I will tell you, yes, I'm going through something today. Or yes, I had a rough day. I did not get to meal prep this weekend. Or my food intake was crap. Mm-hmm. because I feel like it's important because the person starting out 
is not going to have perfect days. Right. It's not going to have a perfect week. They're going to have a day or two where chaos ensues and they're going to feel like, holy shit, my routine's thrown off. So now all the progress that I've just made is thrown out the window, which is usually why people quit. Right. Right. So for me being transparent and being able to show them like, yo, your routine is key, but if you have a bad day, it's just a bad day. Yeah. Try to get back onto it tomorrow. And your nutrition, if you have a cheat meal, if you had pizza today and you know you shouldn't have, make sure you eat healthy tomorrow. Right. Right. And that's where, that's where you gain success and that's how you accomplish goals. So I'm the same way when I work with anyone, I tell him all the same things that pretty much you just said, like my same struggles. And I like to be super honest too. I don't want anyone to ever feel like they're failing when they're trying. Because regardless, if as long as you're trying, you're not failing. Um, and a lot of like, so I offer all of these meal plans. I offer like a grocery shopping list. I also offer things like takeouts. Like you're going to have days where you're on the go. You're going to have days where you did a meal plan, where you're out on the run, you don't know what to eat. And that's what I help a lot of people with is, listen, these are the tips that helped me to follow a chaotic life. Until you can get that routine down, until you can sit down and meal prep once, twice a week. And even at your very best, like you said, you're going to miss days yep. because that's what life is where adults, things happen. You have to be there for somebody and, and on, on a whim. Or how about when like, you eat more meals in a day than you're supposed to and then yeah. you don't have a meal for the next <laughs> yeah, day. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a problem right. too. It's yeah. like, it's not just missing meals. Sometimes you work out so hard that, that your appetite is through the roof and you have 10 meals for the week, two a day. You end up eating three, maybe four one day because you just had a solid workout. Now you have a day or two where you have no food. It's like those things, takeout options right. are, are are huge. And just knowing that things happen yeah. and that it's all right because that you really are so hard on yourself. I know I was in the beginning until I got a coach of my own because I did so many things by myself. It was probably like six or seven months of me just like trying to figure out, figure out like my whole was journey. Was YouTube your best friend? Yeah, it was. Right? So YouTube, Google. Yeah. I did a lot of reading just about like spirituality and trying to figure out kind of like where I was on my own journey. What part of this path am I really on? And it was hard. And then I went and I got my own coach and that helped me a lot. He really helped me kind of just like work things out and, you know, sense of it all. Take the chaos and just write it all down and prioritize it. I think like that's the biggest, the biggest thing as an adult is like you're always going to have 10,000 things going on, but no one had a prioritize and being able to say, you know what, this can wait until tomorrow. Exactly. This doesn't have to get done today. And just for anybody that's starting out, like making sure that you reassure them that like, that's the case for everybody. It doesn't mean that you're a failure if everything doesn't go according to plan. That's just not the way life works. The most successful people's life are chaotic, but like you said, they prioritize what's important that day. And if something happens, okay, what else can I get done that is a priority for today? Then the other stuff can get pushed till tomorrow. Exactly. And we're super hard on ourselves as humans. We are. Anyway, you know, and obviously some of us more than others, depending on a lot of different circumstances, you know, but I'm one of them. I'm super, super hard on myself. I strive for perfection. I want to control everything. And it's a detriment sometimes because it really is taxing, you know, because instead of finding those little small wins, you know, and every day you just start to compile all the stuff that you didn't get to do or what you forgot to do or what didn't happen. <clears throat> now you look at the day as a wash instead of saying, OK, I didn't get these things done, but I got X, Y and Z done, which were still very beneficial. 
and just shifting that mindset from like, okay, wasn't able to do this, but I was able to do this. Right. Now you can feel a little bit better about, you know, the day. Exactly. Exactly. I think that at the end of every night, so I actually just started doing this recently and I've been on this journey for a long time. But at the end of the night, that's what I do is I'll sit back and I'll think to myself, what did I accomplish today? And I try to stay away from the what didn't I do? How could I have done that better? Mm -hmm. Because I found myself in a place which actually my coach is the one who got me out of it because I was constantly saying, you know, yes, I did this, but I could have did it better. Or yes, I did that, but I should have did it better and I should have did it this way. No more. We don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how you got it done. You tried your best and that's it. And it got done or it it didn't get done. You gave it your best. Exactly. And if it didn't get done and you were able to reflect on it, you can always do it differently next time but you don't you don't sit in that you don't sit in the you know i should have done it this way i should have done it that way you take what you know and you go and you grow with it that's just what it is good advice so before we started this episode you and i had a conversation about mental health and about therapy and you were honest about you also attending therapy and has that helped you it's helped me in the past i took a a break for a while honestly and i just started Mm -hmm. up again recently but yes, it does. It helps because for one, for me, like I have a circle in my circle, you know, I can vent to them. I can talk to them about anything. I know it will be a judgment free zone. I don't have to worry about it. But also as humans and your mind plays tricks on you, you start to think at some point, like your friends are tired of hearing your problems, especially when it's the same problems over and over and over that you just keep on like seeking them for advice. So it's always good to have that other outlet, you know, that other outlet where you can, you know, speak to somebody who is not generally in it with you because they're going to give you that, that perspective. Like, like for one, like obviously therapy is confidential. I'm not going to go into like everything we talk about, but like my therapist asked me last week, what does the future look like for you? Instead of always going backwards because yep. that's one of my things i'm always like well like you were just saying i could have done this better or damn i did this and i should have done it this way so it's like how do you look into your future and that's something that we're going to work on so for me therapy is finding those finding those little parts in my life or in in my mind that i can work on that i don't see right because Obviously, they go to school for this. They they know how to, you know, dissect, you know, what you tell them and how you're feeling mm-hmm. and help you understand, like we spoke about a minute ago, that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, stop beating yourself up. Right. And like, that's sitting in it's not gonna You help. know, everybody goes through this. Like, you're not the only one. Like, just 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 for that, that's been, you know, the biggest help. In my eyes. So just to share a little bit about my own experience, I think too, so it's very similar. Like I I go to therapy. I go to I have two different therapists. And it's the same thing. Like we'll talk a lot about the future, but I think the best part for me is understanding some of my past. Knowing that I actually made decisions and I did some of the things the way that I did because of my past and because of the things that I was taught. And that it's okay to reteach myself new things. And that some of the habits that I was taught weren't the healthiest. And some of the environments that I was raised in or I was brought in up brought up in, they weren't the healthiest. And a lot of those adults weren't doing the right thing. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. And I think I was super hard on myself because I was like, you know, I'm I'm 30. I'm, I'm going into my 30s. Like I should have already known this stuff. I can't believe I'm just now learning this. And then again, my coach had to sit me down and say, you are crazy for thinking like that. Mm. There's nobody that is trying to make a change or trying to be positive 
is going to sit here and talk about all the things that they could have, should have. No, like you're doing it. Just keep going. And I think that was huge for me. And I talked to my therapist about it all the time, especially if I, if I made a decision and, you know, she'll bring it back to like, kind of like my childhood, just like healing different childhood traumas. Like how is that dealt with, you know, when you were growing up? And then next time that it arises, I find myself handling these situations so much better every time and having different outlooks and different perspectives. And hmm. it's really just been amazing. Yeah, no, that's it's huge because that's one of the biggest things that we all have in common is generational trauma. Right. Childhood traumas that we as adults, we don't know why. We're like, why? Why am I like this? Why? Why is this? Why do I think like this? And when you can talk to a therapist about it, they help you realize like, yo, those are things that trigger you. Those are things that happen when either you were a kid or something that you dealt with as a kid. And and I haven't got into it yet with my therapist. I'll yeah. get into it with you guys a little bit. I haven't got into it yet with my therapist. But for me, a lot of my traumas, like all of us, stem from family. Yep. Right. They stem from your childhood and and the way you were raised and the things that your parents did or didn't do and things of that nature. For me, like my parents got divorced when they were, when I was 14 years old. And that threw me off, like threw me off. But I'm not going to say that the decisions that I made after throughout my teenage life and throughout my young adult life were solely based off of their divorce. Cause that wouldn't be fair. Right. Cause I make my own choices, but it was a, ugly divorce and i was stuck dead in the middle of it. yep pops on this side mom's on this side pops telling me to do things to mom dukes mom dukes telling me bad things about pop dukes and it was just very very heavy uh for a 14 year old and i and i went through a lot of shit you know i got arrested i i was in the streets i was hanging out with the wrong people and not to say that they were bad people because a lot of the people that I grew up with in the streets were just people that were lost. Lost too, exactly. Right? Yep. They were just trying to find their way and the only way that we can find our way was finding each other like you just said. So a lot of a lot of things that I went through in my life as a young kid were because of that. And I've and I never really got and I'm just now like starting to like have little little snippets here with my mom about it. And it's just based again because of now where I am today. And I'm realizing like, yo, why do I move this way? Yep. And it's just like going back to like, what is the original cause of the way I think, the way I move, why I retreat when there's problems instead of facing them? Yep. It's like, cause that's what Pops did. Yep. And that's what Pops showed me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So... And then it's like, why do I do these other things? And it's like, because that's what mom showed me, mm-hmm. right? So then it's like, I'm tugging and pulling from both sides now as a 36-year-old adult trying to figure out why I'm making these choices or why I'm moving this way. So like, I can't wait to have the conversation with yeah. my therapist because I want to hear his perspective and like, what is it that I do now to heal? Yeah. From it. And to become Lenny. Instead of being your mom and your dad, like now you get to just be Lenny. And you get to take the positive things that you learn from both sides and then you get to put them into fruition. Mm -hmm. And now with your situation and like, you know, the things that you go on in your own personal life, you can treat those situations differently. I'm sure that I, I know that everything is not easy and I know that you probably have struggles with your kids and your situations and stuff, but you can handle that differently. Yes. I mean, because I went through similar things and I look at my son and I say, you know what? 
I'm not going to do that. And even I'll have thoughts. And you know what I mean? We all do it. Like, I'll be like, oh, yeah. He said, what? And I, I'm going to be quiet <laughs> yeah. because I'm learning a thing or two. Because I understand that breaking these generational curses is that important. And that what am I transitioning for and how? why am I growing for if I'm not going to teach the kids? What, then what is it about? You exactly. Know? And this generation right now is difficult because they have <laughs> everything at their fingertips, you know? And that's something with the kids. It's, it's hard. And then going back to our parents, like I've grown through my personal development and realized that it wasn't their fault neither. Right. Because oh, they are still the dealing with the childhood traumas that their parents, mm-hmm. you know, put them through. And it, and it, and it, it's heavy. Yeah. Super freaking heavy. Cause I, like I said, I was talking to my mom a little bit about it the other day and she brought that up, mm-hmm. you know, and she's just like, yo, listen, I was the way that I was because of the way my mom was. And I refused to be that for my kids. She's mm-hmm. like, my mom was raised six kids. We were never homeless. We were never poor, or like broke or anything. We always had what we needed, but we didn't go on trips. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. Right. Cause my mom struggled with six kids. That's my mom talking to me about her mom. Yep. She goes, so now when I turn 16, she's like, I made a commitment to myself that when I have kids, I'm going to make sure they have everything they want. And that's been my mom since I can remember. So it's just like to have that conversation with her and see how it all comes full circle. She's like, yo, I took you guys on vacations every year. I made sure you guys had this. I busted my ass. I worked. I went to school. I did all of this. Why? Because I seen that my mom couldn't do that for us. So I wanted to make sure that I did it for y'all. I'm like breaking generational curses. Yeah, it's beautiful. But we don't see that shit. Right. Right? Because now I'm over here blaming my mom for what I feel she did for me. But again, the personal development comes in and you're like, I can't blame her because she did the best that she could with her circumstances. And I think we turned out pretty damn good. Right. But then to hear her like reiterate that that was the same mindset that I have right now of like, I'm going to break any curse that my mom left to me Mm -hmm. to hear her say that that's how she thought before I was born. Cause I'm the oldest, like that's her thought. At 16, like, I'm going to break the generational curse that mom gave to me. Full circle. It's so deep. It really is. But at the end of the day, it all starts with forgiveness. Walking into it and just being forgiven. I just, you know, I've noticed that in my own my own journey because I have the same exact struggles we all do. And one thing I realized was that everyone around me was having a really hard time finding a way and getting it together. And I realized that in order for me to do this, in order for me to do this for my family, I had to forgive everyone. And I had to just start, I just had to start fresh. You know, I can't, can't hold on to anything anymore if I'm going to make this work. You know, if you're going to be the one in your family to break these generational curses and to get these people right and to understand that it's really is just about the love, then you have to forgive And I think that's the hardest part of it because a lot of people that I talk to, you know, they're not ready for that. And it is hard. Like forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget. I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah, very difficult. Right? Like it's very hard. There's a lot of people that I have to forget. Yeah, including yourself. Sorry. Stole the word. It's huge. And like that's what my relationship with God has been able to do. And like being surrounded by Berto and Manny and people who know when they listen to this, they'll know who I'm talking about, Harold. And just the church that they've introduced me to. And I don't even want to call it a church because I've never been in a place like I've been to churches. And when I go to Jesus is the living word, I don't feel like it's a church. Yeah. Like the pastor just speaks different. He, 
But that that has shown me the true work that I need to do on forgiving. Yeah. And like forgiving others, forgiving myself. Mm-hmm. Because when you hold on to resentment, it really, it really gets heavy. It does. It gets heavy. Oh, it- and, you know, a lot of the time explosions happen. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things that I'm working on um, with my therapist right now is I'm the type to, like, just bottle everything in. And a lot of men are. And that's why, like, even right now, like, it's funny, it just pops up. Like, I have a men's mental health chat that I started because it seems like every man that I talk to is battling. Yeah. Right. And then we're taught in society to just swallow it, bottle it up, bottle it up. But then that's when you see these men that lose their shit and do something crazy and then they're crazy or they're that. Most of the time, it's just because they've bottled up so much for so long that by the time they release it, it's like taking the champagne bottle mm-hmm. right, and shaking it up and then letting that cork go, you see how much pressure is behind that, right? That's like what happens. So for me, I'm one of those where I'll sit here, I'll hold it in, I'll suck it up, I'll see something and I'll just let it go on. And just, I don't want to, like in the moment, I've been generational curse or whatever trauma that it is that caused it. I don't know. I don't want to cause a conflict in the moment. So I'll just swallow it. But then it's taxing here. And then when I explode, the way it comes out, you're not being hurt. It's a lot more hurtful than if would have just talked about it in the moment. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so just learning again to speak when you feel something. Right. And that's something that I've been trying to do a lot, even just as like recent as these few last couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm just when I feel it, say it. Yep. Because if I don't, then it lingers, then it builds up. And then when it comes out in frustration, it's a lot worse. Right. And words hurt. Words can cut real freaking deep and you can't take them back. I mean, forgiving, that's a good, that's a good, good one. Forgive me. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know, your journey journey is your journey, but I just, you know, any advice that I could give my own personal one is that it's not easy and forgiving is super hard, but Lenny, my friend, it's harder to hold on to it. Yes. And like, that's something that we all struggle with too. Like I think about it all the time. Like, does this person deserve forgiveness? I I can't be the judge of that. I believe in God too. And you know what? He'll be the one, you know, he'll be the one to make those calls. But for right now, while I'm here, it's not something I can hold on to. Like I'm working on my weight. I can't be held down by nothing. I don't (laughs) think so. No, but that's a good way to put it too, because it's being God fair. And like, it's the same thing when, like sometimes I don't want to talk to somebody about God, but it's like you. It's not my decision to know if that person wants God or, or doesn't want to be spoken to about God. Like I'm, I don't know if I'm wording it right, but you it's are. Just like you, you can't make the decision for them. You just have to speak, and whatever they decide is on them. But you can't control everything. And like I said earlier, that's one of my biggest things: is always wanting to control or trying to like figure out how people feel about me or like, and that's. Again, another battle. Like mm-hmm. that's a mental battle. Like people always want to feel like they're received well, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes it's like, yo, not everybody's gonna like you, and that's okay, right? Like you gotta just accept that. And if you can't, if you're always trying to mask who you are, 
when you step in a room just to fit in or just to see if somebody likes you, that's taxing. You, you yeah. get heavy because now you're trying to like move in and, certain ways and it's like you can't do that. And you're also not living. Like you're not living to your, your full self. Like you're not loving yourself and living the way that you normally would. And like and there is a hard thing to learn because I think especially in today's day, you're people that judge so bad. Like you walk into a place, but everybody's judging you. But you judge but, if you don't and you judge if you exactly. do. Exactly. Either so, way. You gotta let it. shit. I walk wherever the fuck. I don't care what nobody's thinking. <laughs> guess what? Because I don't. I got way too much going on in my mind to be worried about what you're thinking about. Like if you don't like me, guess what? I didn't know you yesterday. <laughs> like I don't care. And then that's a strong mental. Right? But it took me a long time to, to feel there. like that and to get there. And like and that's part of the reason why I started the podcast and why I talk to the people that I do is because I want so many other people that I see and that well, I just was introduced to all these people that were struggling. And that was kind of the start of it because I was like, all right, you know what, like. Everyone is going through the same thing I'm going through. And like, I think that I got to figure this out for a lot of people around me because we are all struggling to figure it out. And like, I don't, I can't stand to see everybody hurt and to see everybody struggling with the same problems. So let me go figure it out. And I went and I got a therapist. I went and I got a coach and I tried to find any advice and guidance that I could, that I could bring back to my people and show them like, yo, like we are all doing this. Like, it's not, it's not easy. But just to keep going and just to keep building that strength and to keep taking advice and know that, you know, other people's judgment isn't for you. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't matter. It's true. And that's one of the things you see in personal development. And again, it's like everything. It's easier said than done, right? It's, but you got to do the work. Right. You got to do the work day in and day out. And it gets ugly. It gets freaking ugly. And that's what people don't don't realize. And that's another thing that I push big on men too. Like I posted it the other day, a picture of me crying like, yo, it's all good to cry, bro. Like, let that shit out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let that shit out. Don't stay in it. Like you said earlier, yeah. don't stay in it. Let it out and keep it moving. But like, you have to know how to release and you have to know how to keep going every day and do the work. Right. Because if you don't do the work, then you're never going to get the answer or figure out how to move past whatever it is that you're trying to work on. And that whole persona about like men not being able to be emotional and not being able they d destroyed y'all for a couple of generations, I have to say. Like, and I've seen it for myself. I've seen it with my dad. I've seen it with yeah. the men in my own family. And like, knowing that you and a lot of the men in your group go to therapy and are okay to cry and okay to release those emotions is huge. Mm. And the fact that you guys are promoting that makes me so proud because so many other men need to hear that. Young men, grown men, just men, period. They need to hear that. Like, you have to let that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, like I said just a minute ago, it gets ugly. And if you're really on a true healing journey as a man, if you're really trying to like, dig deep and like really go back and look at your inner child and see, you know, where the, the work needs to be done. Tears are going to come. Yeah. Tears are going to come. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, I've ugly cried. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fucking boogers coming yes, out the nose. <laughs> All types of, you know, but <laughs> what you get afterwards, you know, it's just like, it's not the same as like a dopamine, like in the gym. But it's like, it's okay. Yeah. Like you like afterwards, you're like, yo, it's not the end of the world. Like I'm not dead because I just cried. Right. Right. Like, and if people seen me, so what? Right. Like the, you, you nailed it on the head with the generations because I feel like the generation before us, like the, the dads, my dad, my grandfather, they were taught, like, if you cry, you're, you're not like, a man. You're not a man. You, yep. you, you, you might as well freaking 
have long hair, boobs, and a vagina. Like, yeah. legit, because you, you cried. Like, that's it. It's the end of the world. My generation, I feel like now, like you just said, like, we're getting to, as adults, not even as kids, because as kids, we were taught the same. Yep. We were taught, fuck uh. it up. Suck it up. You're fine. Oh, you fell. You're good. You don't, men don't cry. Like, that's why now at 36, 35, like all my other friends, like, we're in battling. Yeah. You know? And now I feel like the generation under us and the ones to come will be a little bit more in tune with the fact that like, yo, you can still be a man and deal with stuff and let it out and cry and be sad and and feel your emotions. Mm -hmm. Like nowadays, right? A man can't be angry. Yeah. A man can't be angry because if he's angry, oh, God forbid, let him be a black man in America and he's angry. Then he's a monster. Yep. Or he's a he's a bad person or he's like, yo, there's a certain there's a certain how do I put it? There's a difference between being angry and working through it and letting it out peacefully, positively, you know, in the right places than being angry and going and shooting stuff up or doing something. Right. Crazy. Oh, absolutely. Like there's absolutely. a big yeah, difference, yeah. right? But like Nowadays, it's like automatically if a man's angry, you got to like watch yourself, Mm -hmm. watch yourself like he's dangerous because he's angry. It's like it's just such a bad stigma. Right. You know, and then that's, again, why a lot of men don't let out their emotions and they're just rigid and straight all the time. And they and you can never read them and they people, you know, question it. All right, Lenny. Well, thank you so much for taking this time with me today. This episode was it was really great. It was really nice to sit and spend this time with you and to really get to talk about, you know, a lot of these mental health issues and dig kind of deep. I really appreciate you being transparent with me and being, you know, really open. Is there anything that you would like to leave or any advice that you would like to give men in general, younger community, men your age, that they can kind of follow? Yeah. First off, you're welcome. And thank you for having me. It's definitely been fun. And yeah, advice. I mean, for for men, young, old, one thing I would love to say is don't be afraid to to truly feel, you know, what you're going through. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, let yourself feel it, go through it, and don't let others make you feel like you're not allowed to go through it. And just keep on going. Just keep on going, man. Go one more. That's something that I've been preaching a lot lately is go one more when you think it's tough and feel like quitting go one more whether it's one extra mile if you run whether it's one more set in the gym whether it's one more attempt at doing something you thought you weren't good at just go one more and you'll be surprised what you get out of that that's beautiful and then where can people find you if they're interested in kind of like any if any fitness training or running training where are you best reached you're gonna see a lot of my content primarily posted on my Instagram, which is going to be passion underscore fitness. And that's where you'll see me. That's where you'll see, you know, me posting my runs, posting my workouts, and most importantly, posting about mental health on a day-to-day basis. Awesome. That's excellent. I'm going to, when we get the podcast out, I'll make sure that all of those links are in the bio as well so that you can reach out to any of the listeners can reach out to you as they see fit. That's great. It was so nice to meet with you, Lenny. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Thanks.